inside the off stump. Oh, he's caught it! I don't believe it! Tom Kola Cadmore has caught the most magnificent catch at short third man. It's the end of Daniel Sams, and Somerset have won the Vitality Blast 2023. They've bowled Essex out for 131. Good evening, you're listening to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. This is the Somerset Cricket Podcast. My name's Ian Shepherd, and joining me this evening to discuss the Always Look on the Bright Side of Life Metro Bank One Day Cup campaign. I've got Head of Digital uh, for Somerset County Cricket Club, Ben Warren, and the voice of cricket on BBC Radio Somerset, Anthony Gibson. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I think I asked, uh, I asked us all, uh, what does success look like? In the uh, in the one day cup this year, because it was pretty evident that you know, based on the the side that we had last year, only winning one game, and a side that was kind of comparable in in standard this year, that winning it was going to be a very very tall order for sure, Dixon and his men. But uh, do we think the side of if they surpassed expectations, if they met expectations, or they failed to meet expectations? Well, Sean Dixon said to me after the um, Gloucestershire debacle that uh, he'd settled for two wins out of the last three games, and that's what they've secured. And I think, considering everything, to win three games is not a bad performance at all. And, um, you know, clearly something needs to be done about this competition. It is not satisfactory in its present form, but, you know, the lads have done their best. Mm -hmm. They've anti-proud to the extent of their quite, abilities. Quite literally, lads, in, yeah, exactly. in a few cases. Yeah. yeah, I think if you... I think winning... Winning three is, you know, obviously last game, you won one, so, you know, there is, there is progress there, and, you know, I felt that the, the coaches got just about the best out of what they had available, and, and you know, no, no one... No one's let some of that down in that uh, eight games, everyone's got something from it. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think. I think there's always a, a hope when you go into a tournament that you, you know, you never know. It's only eight games. If you win a couple early and momentum and and all that, and you could end up fighting for the knockout stages. That that didn't happen, of course. But um, three wins is is something to to build on for championship running and to go from there. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It was, it was always, it's always got to be difficult to plan for this competition because you don't know who you're going to lose. You, it's very difficult to get overseas in with the schedule. I mean, Curtis Kampfer for for five games. I thought, you know, he did, I think his batting was certainly a lot, a lot uh, more of a stronger suit than his uh, than his bowling. Where he, you know, was to, what did he get? Eight wickets at forty-seven, but he did pick up. Um, Hundred and uh, hundred ninety three runs with five games at thirty eight point six, including a uh, including that one century. Uh, yeah, it was. I, I think all the young lads did did well. That was was asked. I think JT language. It was probably just a little bit too early for him, um, even to sort of just be coming in in the um, in the sort of the rookie mould. Uh, the Thomas brothers. I I quite like Josh as a as a bowler. Do you? I do. He didn't bowl very well yesterday. Because <clears throat> he's eighteen, Anthony. I keep telling you. I keep well, I know telling he you is, but you look at some of the other eight. That uh, um, Derbyshire had a, a sixteen-year-old, Harry Moore, who opened the bowling for them. Now he's a real prospect. 
he's a real prospect. Um, Josh Thomas has played a few games now, and I, he did really he did not bowl well yesterday, and not not very much pressure. And to be fair, you know, George Thomas, in all honesty, has not batted particularly well. What is his highest score? Forty one. Uh, yeah, forty one, averaging sixteen point seven. Yeah, I think that'll so, be the one kind of, I guess, regret for some of the youngsters. But I think that some of them have none of no one's let no one's let anyone down, and they've all sort no, of. They in their ways but no one no one's really taken the opportunity and said oh, I'm, a, I'm a star of the future or you know this is you know made themselves in contention for championship cricket or, or, or I think there's been some promise and and you know George Thomas I think is a really good example of that because you know top score 41 on paper he'd said he's had a pretty poor tournament he's contributed with the ball now and again but when you watch him bat, there's so much to like about it. You know, the, when he's in, you know, and he plays some lovely shots. There's he a didn't play a lovely him. shot yesterday. Well, he he footed waft in the first over. <laughs> it was cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I think clearly, he, you know, there's there's a lot to lot to like about what he's got in terms of talent. But it had just been nice if he'd gone on and got a got a big score. Really showed everyone that he he had he has matured because. You know, he, he, he did get he did get seventy odd a couple of years ago, didn't he? Um, he was injured last year. First game, he got seventy five against Leicestershire. Yeah, so not as if he's like a young youngster anymore. Um, and I think it would have been nice to see him go on and get get at least one score during the tournament. But I think that's the same for a lot of them. Really. A lot of a lot of sort of solid performances. No one, you know, still. A lot of people think they've got a lot of talent, but it's just it would have been nice to just see a couple of more standout performances from people that weren't named Andy Mead. <laughs> yeah, we'll come on to the great exactly. Andy Mead in a in a second. <laughs> uh, Lewis Goldsworthy was uh, he only played five games. He was sort of in and out of the side with injury. Um, he's kind of fits the mould sort of perfectly. What you were saying, Betty. Um, he sort of seems like had a quiet tournament, but he did. He ended up averaging fifty. Um, I suppose one of the reasons for that might be his strike rate of uh, of just down at seventy one, which isn't you know it's not phenomenal in in white ball cricket these days. So he just kind of accumulated runs at the at the top of the order, batting three. Um, Bartlett is another funny one as well for me as well because it was they obviously had to get him in the team, and I think he was just. Massively out of position there, down at six. Yeah. It was, it was, he would have been much better at three. Yeah, much better at three. And maybe have because I mean I suppose they wanted a, a hitter type batter at the top of the order, which is where why George Thomas was up there. So again, you can kind of excuse him a few failures if his role is to go out there and and try and get us off to a, a flyer. So it's difficult. I mean, I, I thought he his bowling was probably better than his batting. I mean. It's funny to say that he sort of slowed that Gloucester innings down when they, after about the ninth <laughs> or tenth over, but he did come on and it, it just seemed to, um, uh, you know, um, just dry things up a little bit. Uh, he finished with uh, six wickets uh, at twenty nine and a half, only going at five and a half and over, which is uh, which is not not bad going as well. Um, one sad thing I, I did realise about this one this one day cup campaign is um 
uh, my little girl Layla on, on on Sunday. She's obviously she's got every Somerset player's autograph virtually on her cap, some three or four times. And now we we had we had we couldn't go because we had to get the high gloss flappy thing signed. Um, so waiting for there. No, Jack Brooks was chatting and. Um, yeah, he kind of what he was saying. It's probably going to be his his last season, which means that we have probably had Jack Brooks's final game at Taunton, which I think is a. It kind of just sort of drifted well, by until we I sort of realised that uh, it was like, oh yeah, of course this could be because you've also got the only got the Kent game left as our final championship home game. He's maybe not going to play in that one if everybody's fit. So. It's a it's a bit like Hildy, really, a bit of a you know sad way to bow out uh, what's been a, a pretty decent Somerset career for the, for the chap. Yeah, I mean he's you know he's a love he's a lovely bloke. He he honestly hasn't contributed a huge amount on the field of play, but he's he's very very popular. He's a good good influence in the in the dressing room. Lovely bloke. Um, and it was good to see him giving a bit of you know advice to the young fast bowlers. He's and it would be sorry if he doesn't get. You know, I, I don't want to say he ought to be picked for the game against Kent because I think you know if they all stay fit, I don't think he gets into the uh, first choice eleven. But it it wouldn't be a complete disaster if if one of them did have a bit of a niggle, hmm. and uh, and he came back in and uh, was able to wave his farewells on the field of play. Yeah, because he's been more of a well, I'd say he's been more of a of a championship bowler. Remember that spell against Warwickshire last year where the crowd were applauding rhythmically as he was coming into bowl and he turned that game around and seemed like... His, his finest hour was against Surrey at Guildford in, what was that then, 2019? Yeah. 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 When he when he took five and bowled us to victory on, on, the, um, on, the, on the last afternoon against a pretty decent Surrey side. I mean, he was good against Warwickshire, but he was even better, I thought, against Surrey at Guildford. And and it'd be interesting to ask him what he thought, what he thinks is his best performance for Somerset. But I suspect that would be it. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that that kill because there was some Somerset were under pressure on the third evening. I believe. I believe yeah. and, and Roy Burns were going quite well on that third evening. Into that fourth day, he, he removed Elgar and, and and went through the middle order of Surrey on a pretty decent. Pitch. On a decent pitch, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, he, won, he won us that game against a good Surrey side. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so uh, hopefully we do get to say a proper farewell to Jack Brooks, but um, I fear that we may have already seen the last of. Oh, a fly's just flown into my eye there. How's that going on? <laughs> we may have seen the last appearance of the fair of the Cadrigan, but uh, you know, you never know. He may carry on next year and uh, confound all expectations. So, right, we've built up to this for the last 10 minutes now. Shall we, shall we talk about Andy Umeed's frankly ridiculous run of form in this One Day Cup campaign? Sit down then. 613 runs in eight games, an average of 87.57, striking at 97.45, a highest score of 172 not out, the fourth highest in Somerset's List A history, 300s, 250s, 57 four, uh, sorry, 52 fours and 17 sixes, most of them with an elegant straight drive back over the bowler's head to make the purists purr. Where the bloody hell has this come from? Well, I'll tell you one <laughs> other thing you've forgotten. 
He's second in the bowling averages as well. Oh, he's second. Yeah, well, we're yeah. going to come on to that. With, um. with three wickets, three for 31, going at 10.33. And you know who's first in the bowling averages? Josh Davies. Josh Davies. <laughs> so we've got the first two in the bowling averages, which is quite ironic when you think of some of the totals we've conceded during the course of this two, campaign. Two scots as well. Me, <laughs> Andy and me, yeah, lovely bloke. It was a Hail Mary lovely from bloke. Sean Dixon on... Uh, <laughs> that uh, sort of as the game was drifting against Glamorgan, they were they were cruising to victory, and then all of a sudden, Andy and me just gave the gave the side a bit of a a bit of a sniff. But so uh, yeah, Glamorgan getting home in the end pretty easily on Sunday. Um, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. It, I, it's just such a he had a bit he had a bit of luck early on. He he played and missed a lot against uh, Worcester when he got that was his first hundred, wasn't it? And um, but once he once he settled into it, he just seemed to grow in confidence. And he didn't play. He he didn't give a chance yesterday at all against uh, Derbyshire. And he didn't play and miss as much as he has done in the early overs uh, in his uh, previous innings. And it's, and it's no disgrace to to play and miss against the white ball in the first. No. Half a dozen overs because it does do it does do a bit after that. And you're you know, trying you to score as well. It's not as if you've got the option of leaving yeah. the ball because you know they'll be tearing tearing their hair out on the balcony saying you know get on with it. But um, no, I think and I think he, you know he's earned his chance in the county championship. How effective he will be remains to be seen. It was a phenomenal, phenomenal. I think confidence is, is the word, isn't it? Because you know yeah, you see game by game how he's how he's sort of grown in confidence. I mean, it, it, cricket is weird, isn't it? I mean, it, if you wind the clock back three weeks, he scored naught against Devon, naught against Cornwall, mm -hmm. four against Cornwall, and people were out there in a team where we had no real replacements, they should be dropped. Um, <laughs> so it's really remarkable what, what, what then transpired. But, um, yeah, he, every, every knock he had, he, he got more... You know, assured. I think you know some of the. Remember that stick he hit it, it, um, at Northampton. Yeah, fantastic shot. Yeah, yeah. Well, that seems that you know that seems to sort of really kind of um, give him more confidence in his ability to go over the top. And you know, I think after he scored a lot of runs, but actually, the strike rate got higher and higher as he as he seemed to go through mm -hmm. the tournament. And um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Just that you know. Definitely earn himself a place in in the county championship. You know, long term is he is he going to be the person that helps to you know in that top order? But you know, we we just don't know. But you know, he certainly earned himself the the opportunity, and and yeah, fair play to him because who are you going to drop then, Ben Dixon or Lamanby or both? <laughs> wow. Well, um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I might I'll spare Ben the embarrassment. Of having to <laughs> that. I was just going to, yeah, I was, I was going to make the, the point you made, Ben, about he, he cut, like you say, that comical run out he had at Devon at Bobby Tracy with George Thomas, uh, another blob against Cornwall, low score against Warwickshire, just cut such a forlorn figure dragging himself off, and, uh, and he's obviously thinking, oh God, you know, I've got like eight gate or seven games now to try and save my career basically to try and you know earn myself a new contract and the way that he's done it is you know it wasn't just 300s 250s as well don't forget so you know from yeah. those seven innings he's passed 50 in, in five of them 
Um, Another thing as well, I think as well, is when you join a join a team, um, you know, joining whether it's a new club, new county, or even you know, even you know, working in the in the normal world, if you like, until you sort of perform and you show your teammates that you're capable of it and you win games for your club you almost I feel like you don't quite feel like you're properly part of the team yet and now he now he can sort of walk around with that that bit of swagger you know say that well you know roll off I bet you're you know I've got the highest list day score in the uh, in the club at the moment my friend you can eclipse your 160 odd against Surrey from a few years back and you know and you know he's on the list, you know, fourth amongst the likes of Botham and Triscothic and and that sort of thing. So that's got to be a huge confidence boost for a player. And I think you're absolutely right, Gibbo. He's he's got to play for um, in the in the championship match in a week or so's time. Else, hmm. what's the point? Yeah, yeah. But it, that still begs the question, which to which my I haven't had an answer yet, which is who makes way for him? <laughs> I, yeah. think, I, I think I think I. I'd put him in first with Dixon and move Lamb and be down the order. I think. I think that that would be the, the obvious thing to do. But then, who does Lamb and be come in for, or who does Lamb and be displace lower down the order? Well, good <laughs> who'd be a selector? Bartlett. Who have we got? Bartlett's done well. Bartlett's got a couple of hundreds this year. You can't. He's so in and out, though, isn't he? He's so inconsistent. Well, he's he has been more. <laughs> In and out this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we will have another. Oh, we will have another chance to do. We are going to do a do uh, a pod before the Hampshire game, but we might as well. The do only it my own, my only my only worry about Umid is he does he does go quite hard at the ball, uh, and he's a front foot player. And I just you know I just wonder how he's going to get on against Kyle Abbott and Mohamed Abbas. Yeah, on that, is, that is the danger. Which, the the red ball because you know once those white after about eight overs those white kookaburras do nothing at all and the batsman could just knock it around and and the old bad ball gets hit for four or six it's you know it's 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 easy money it's a very boring form of cricket 50 over cricket the way it's being played mm. at the moment it's you know yes yesterday you made batted really really well um, but the uh, the Derbyshire last wicket pair put on eighty odd, um, you know, because the ball was doing nothing and, and it was a, a, a flat pitch. So you know, it, but I, I, as I said, I keep saying he, he's earned his chance. He should be given his chance to, to see what he can do yeah. for the first. Time. It would be it would be a you know terrible shame if if he wasn't given his chance, especially given the fact that you know Lamanby and Dixon are hardly the most successful opening partnership in well, the um... championship. Lamanby hasn't batted for a month, which again exposes, you know, one of the the more ridiculous aspects of the hundred is you can get, you can say, you know, your best versus best, but then you're not quite best of the best. Are sat getting splinters up their ass for a month? Mm. It's, it's, it's a really interesting prospect, you know, that potentially you know, could in the future, you know, this may well be a little bit far fetched, but a player. You know, really lose out by going to the hundred in terms of their long term career. Yeah. In terms of you know, Tom Lambie, I'm sure will come back and you know, he's a good player, and I'm, I'm convinced that he will. He will yeah, so um, go on and 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 represent Somerset and, and continue to to, to hopefully. Um, 
make a really good career out of it. Um, but it's not beyond the wit that a player could go to the 100, miss out on their county, and then come back in bad form, and it could unravel. Um, but it, it is quite an interesting one. <laughs> Essentially, you know, I, I don't know what Tom Lamanby's thoughts are right now, but if, if I were Tom Lamanby, I would have been, I'd be deeply concerned mm. having someone who is in an effect competition for my spot four-day side go out there and score a load of runs whilst I'm sat on the bench doing not a lot. Um, and whether, you know, maybe Tom Lamb would be desperate to come back and play for Somerset during the one-day cup. And, um, and then it was a decision that was made by other parties. You know, we'll never know. But... I think the days was, it, it just never quite worked, did it, for him to come back. There was that stuff about an injection and then it's, is it you can't, you can't play on the same day as your franchise is played and I think the originals played yesterday at the same time we were up at Derby so it was it was kind of contrived circumstances which meant he wasn't able to come back even you know if, if he if he had wanted to I, you know if or was able to whether he was able to or not it still must have been concerning you know obviously he'd like to be playing in the 100 but I think it was pretty obvious from the from ball one that he wasn't going to get a hundred gig unless they were into the original team due to his form in the blast mm-hmm. when he wasn't in the blast team. Um, so yeah, I just I just think that it it would be really challenging for Tom Lamberley to to be up in Manchester for a month, you know, not batting and knowing that competitive spot is is drawing mm-hmm. a lot of runs. So it'd be very interesting to see what happens when he comes back and if he plays and, and what the effect of of having a month off will do. Maybe it'll rejuvenate him. He wasn't a great Nick, so you know, no. like refreshed and ready to go. Was there a second mm. game between now and the start that Hampshire game was it the third of September it kicks off down the GS Bowl, isn't it? So uh, is there any second eleven cricket between now and then? Good question. Um, I'm not sure, as you understand. I'd be surprised if there wasn't, because there is sort of a free week between that that sort of bank holiday to the. So what's it start the Sunday? Yeah, so next week there's hardly any cricket. There's a Royal London semi final on Tuesday. I don't think there's much more apart from that. So I'd be surprised if there wasn't a you know a, a decent chunk of second eleven cricket. There was there was last year, so. Be very shocked if the uh, the schedule isn't uh, repeated again this year. I was trying to do my side for for Hampshire, and I've I feel like I've forgotten half the players that we had. The, the way that the hundred just you know, <coughs> disrupts everything. But I've got Umi Dixon, Abel, Bartlett, TKC, Rue, Gregory, Overton, Wagner, Bashir, um, and then is Aldridge fit? I don't know. There isn't a second team game between now and um, next one's on September the fourth. All right, fair enough. So, so Davy slash Aldridge probably. Davy looked reasonably fit yeah, yesterday. I'd probably go. I mean, he, he bowled really. He bowled really well. You know, he's the old Josh Davy in his opening yeah. spell, but then he wasn't brought back until right at the end, which suggested to me that he's still being, you know, looked after yeah. fairly carefully. So he's, you know, but he, he, he you know, he, he looked like the Josh Davy of old, well, very well. 
difficult. I'd probably go him ahead of Aldridge if Aldridge was fit. I think he's a bit of a better suit to that GS Bowl pitch, Josh Davey. And if do you need who would our second spinner be if we went for it? Lewis Goldsworthy? I presume Jack Leach isn't going to be risked again no, this year, good. so What well, do you mean? Roloff. Oh yeah, I suppose. Demon bowler. <laughs> Was he trying? To, it didn't just look like he was bowling little rollers. It didn't like he was like he was really trying to give it a big tweak against Glamorgan. No, he bowled all right. Hmm. Shows what pressure does to you, I suppose. Oh, what else on the match about one Cup? Well, James Rue had a bit of a quiet tournament by his sort of lofty standards early on in his career. I mean, they weren't disgraceful numbers by any stretch of the imagination. Averaging twenty nine point eight. Um, from his eight games, uh, 239 runs, uh, did score uh, 100. Um, I don't think there's any cause for concern there, really. There was a, there was a comical run-out with, uh, with Umid against Glamorgan. You know, he was out playing a couple of big shots late on, so don't think anything really to be concerned about in that in that respect. It's got um, a couple of slightly interesting LBW decisions as well. Um, but I, th- I guess one thing I probably would say about James Rue and the way that someone's better stepped up is that, um, and I mentioned it on the pod a couple of weeks ago about playing sort of mid 2000s, 50 over cricket and the way they sort of go about their business. And I know he, he did, did increase his strike rate as he went on, but it was still a very kind of um, set a base and a platform and then plunder from the last 10 which mm. Ricketts probably moved on a bit since, since those days but they had to play the jigsaw pieces that they had mm. fit in you know so um, they had to play that type of cricket Lewis Goldsworthy and Andy and me often did put on a good partnership but I think what that did is that meant when James was coming in he was almost forced to over hit and, and play over aggressively yeah. to kind of um, try and make up, particularly at Taunton. You know, he got that 100 at Taunton, but I think he was out a lot of time playing aggressive shots uh, rather than being sort of got out by a bowler. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I think he had a, you know, it's still only, he's still very new to white ball cricket. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be overly concerned about his form. I think he, he, he got in a lot and, and, and then got out. Trying to up the run rate, so uh, he got himself uh, out, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. one of those things. Yeah. Again, it's similar with George Bart. You can't really judge his campaign because he was he was batting out of position down at six. It's, it's just not his game coming in. And he must have batted well up, up at Durham, which I didn't see, but more up at, in Northumberland. Um, you know, he must have batted well there. But um, mm. it's just a lousy format. The, the way it's being played at the moment. It, well, 50 over. I suppose they are trying it's to they're trying to beef up the middle overs by sticking the extra, uh, letting you have the extra man out in the last 10 aren't they I know, but it doesn't make any difference to the way the batsmen play the bowlers no, can't true. take wickets and the bowlers the batsmen can go along at 6 runs and over 6 or 7 and over without taking any risks just knocking it around because you know there are plenty of gaps in the field get bad ball hit it for 4 or 6 it's just really boring I think they, they just need to rethink the whole sort of 50 over concept and the, the easiest thing to do would be to re- replace the two white kookaburras with one red jukes 
that gives the bowlers a chance of taking wickets in those in those early overs, rather than the, the kookaburras going soft. And you know, it doesn't matter who you are, even even the really good bowlers can't take can't take wickets in the uh, in the middle overs unless the batsman makes a mistake. You know, it just doesn't do anything. It, it it's it's soft and and well, comes off the wickets. I suppose what they're through. trying to do is, uh, and I do get this, and I you know they they want to see bound the crowd want to see boundaries, don't they? Boundaries, not necessarily all the time, but they want to see sixes and fours and. You know, I mean, we, you know, we were on the end of a few 400 scores this year, but I think generally that's the modus operandi. What they're trying to do by having the, you know, the the white cooking bubble, which is easier to play, which then leads to you know scores of 325, 350 being par. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think you know, if it two, you know, 250 being a, a difficult chase is still a great game of cricket. I mean, you know, just just look back at finals day. Two really low scoring games were two of the best games of T20. I've ever seen in my life. I probably wouldn't have been saying that if they'd gone the other way against Somerset. But you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I think it. It's you know, I think the the, the four hundred score. I, I think it's the, the the bowling gets a lot more attention when you lose a lot of your bowling. I think teams genuinely have batting stock across the country that can. There's not. There are lots of backing stock that could you know, young players can come in and score runs. Is what I'm trying to say. I think bowlers is very difficult. You know, given what Anthony was saying with the circumstances around the pitch. You know, young bowlers. You know, actually, Warwickshire are probably one of the only examples, and they've they've had the likes of Hannah Dolby and and the like that have gone on and done really well. And I think that's why they've done so well is because they've got they've had the experienced, capable bowlers. Um, that have helped them through, um, but it's not easy when you're bowling young bowlers in the middle overs, young spinners, young. Um, it's been more difficult for them, I think, than it is for a young young batter to come out and play a few shots and look good. Mm. Yeah, I mean, case in point was Shah Bashir. He had probably the most disappointing campaign of all the, the young Somerset players, um, just picking up three wickets in the seven games he played, averaging just. Uh, just shy of a hundred with the ball um, and going at six and a half and over. Um, but it's not his fault. No, I know he's. I mean, I, well, as I said to you, sort of, uh, was it Sunday Sunday night giver that you know when he when he's nineteen, you got to chuck him in in all three formats and see no, see how they, just, how they settle. We they really cannot play the one day cup alongside the hundred ever again. It just devalues the whole blooming uh, competition. If we're going to have a franchise tournament, whether it's a 100 or a hybrid between the 100 and the Blast, you can't play anything alongside it because whatever you play alongside it is going to be devalued. If we're going to have a one-day cup, it should be played early in the season as a knockout with with counties with their full sides um, and particularly, as, as Ben was saying, their full bowling complements. Mm-hmm. Because it's the bowling really that's that's, that's been the weakness, compounded by using the, the two white kookaburra balls, which is a complete nonsense. So you know the whole thing needs rethinking. The whole fix of this needs needs rethinking. But you cannot play the one day cup alongside the hundred. It just makes a a, a nonsense, you know, it, of, of the whole thing. It's it's it has it really has not been a, an enjoyable um, tournament to watch. And I've watched seven out of the eight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've seen mountains of runs scored. But apart from Pritvi Shaw, 
at North Ants. It was, it was, you know, something else. Bobby Bracey's innings of 224 at, at Bristol. I can hardly remember a single shot. It was men against boys, wasn't it? You know, you, yeah, it you want to see a contest, don't you? And if you're not seeing yeah, a contest, exactly. it doesn't matter how many runs you score, you know, wickets you're taking. If, it, if it's not a contest, if you've not, you know, if you've not earned that by playing well, it's... I mean, Pujara at Taunton. Pujara at Taunton. You know, he just he just knocked it around and and picked up the, you know, hit the occasional boundary, and it was it was sort of inevitable. It was remorseless, but it wasn't entertaining. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I feel sorry for the crowds having to watch. When you you know look back at the sort of one day cricket that we used to see back in the old days, mm-hmm. you know, the Benson Edges and, and the Nat West and uh, and what have you, there was a real excitement about it. When you got you know Mike Proctor charging in to bowl to Vivian Richards, you know it was that that was something else, and and when we're not going to get that atmosphere, that excitement back unless counties are playing their their full sides in in that competition, and if they're not playing their full sides, you might as well not play it at all. It's not worth it. Mm. The the contrary to I, I I'm not in disagreement. I guess the contrary to that is that. You forfeit the over games without Taunton, sort of with my commercial head on. We've had record ticket sales. And we have, but will they come back next year? Well, we said that last year. And well, yeah, I was going to say this year was a, was yeah infinitely better than last year. Yeah, but the, you know, there's no other cricket at Taunton. Well, yeah, I mean, what what we've had to do is kind of make the cricket not secondary. That's a bit derogatory, but we've had to put on events outside of cricket to encourage people to attend and that's been very successful we've had lots of families coming to school holidays and um, it's obviously it would be even better if we were playing <laughs> if, if they were watching their heroes play um, and, and, and more and more of their heroes shall I say but um, yeah I think we've certainly benefited um, in some respects by having competition during the school holidays because it's enabled us to um you know, have lots of kids come down and experience it for the first time. But yeah, that's, you're right. The, the danger of that is that how sustainable is it? How sustainable is it for us to keep getting people to come back? Um, we've got to do other things outside of cricket to help help that, help market that. But it, um, we, you know, honestly, yeah. don't know how sustainable that is. Yeah, well, as a parent as well as a, as a Somerset, I thought the the family day on Sunday was great. Um, can we not have the face painter next year though? Uh, just purely because uh, first time we queued up in the morning just for you to come on commentary, I was kind of thinking, oh, we're not going to make it this year. So I was like twenty five minutes in the first queue and then roll forward to the afternoon, forty five minutes again. <laughs> or maybe keep the face painter and uh, and just me sort of being in Brisbane I'll get for for queuing. But yeah, it was all great. The little uh, the armadillo was back, although he was in his house when uh, when we had a let. But yeah, is it Chris, the animal guy? He was great. <laughs> All the, all the stuff going on is fantastic. And <clears throat> we actually spent a lot more time watching the cricket than I thought we would as well. So so that was great. Um, I think people are I think people are taking it for what it is, you know, and I think that, that you know, that's fantastic. We're gonna to continue to drive experiences during the school holidays and you know, and that that revolves around cricket, but it's not all about the cricket. Um so yeah, I think that that's that's the way forward um, for us, you know. In as as we're dealt with the card that we've been dealt with, mm. um, we'll see what happens in the future. 
Gibbo appears to have frozen. He's he's frozen a very stern <laughs> expression. He's almost sort of peering down the lens at, at myself and Ben. I assume he's frozen and he's not uh, he's not just uh, silent in disapproval. Oh, yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was good fun. Good fun on Sunday. Um, not so much trying to commentate with my kids bickering in the commentary box, but you know, go with it. It was all fun, and I'm sure. Uh, uh, was it audible on the thi- on the on the um, no? Oh, that's oh, good. All right, fair dues then. That's good. Hey, Gibbo, are you? Uh, I'm sure Gibbo's going to join us. Um, yeah, are you back? I am. Oh, good stuff. All right, you, you, you're still frozen in your kind of uh, disapproving, uh, staring pose, but uh, we'll uh, we yeah. should crack on. But we can <laughs> we can hear you. Uh, Radio, then. Right. Um, right then. Anything more? Anything more on the older? Uh, always look on the bright side of life for all London Metro Bank. Dave D. Dozy, Beaky, Mick, and Titch. One day cup. Or should we move on? I just think that it's very interesting how some of those players that played in the 2019 Royal London Cup final may have got may have, have now gone four years. Some of them without playing a list day game of cricket. Yeah, and next it's five years, by the time the next competition rolls around, there'll be players that lifted that trophy. And I know Tom Abel played for the Lions. Tom Banton played. Will Speed as well. Yeah. The players there that haven't played a list of cricket for half a decade when the season and the next season rolls around. That's in, you know, that it's now enough time has elapsed to to have a significant impact. Half a decade of no fifty over cricket for a group of professional athletes. Yeah. How much? How much of a future does fifty over cricket have? Then? I mean, the only is here's a thought experiment for you then. Would you rather go and watch Somerset at Taunton play side X in two twenty five over games or one fifty over game? Two twenty five over games. I'd probably say the latter as well. Mm. I think, you know, T twenty is, is quite dis- you know Yeah. It works. It works. So you'd rather get your hundred overs because I I'm I'm just thinking about Going in and having a nice long day at the cricket, you know, having a you know a half an hour break, whatever, for lunch, and being able just to go into town and a little walk around, and then come back and not miss too much of the game, and have that kind of long, relaxing day, if you like, rather than the bang bang off you go, go home of county of uh, of T Twenty cricket. So I don't know. Would would that work? Have we sol- Have we solved the puzzle? The double header twenty five over cup. Trademark. <laughs> Richards, Golden Harrison, Gibber, your connected man. Ben, you're even more connected. Send me their emails. I'll write this down tonight and send it up. But seriously, I is, think that, yeah. is that? I don't, I don't know. Is that, that halfway? I, I don't know. It's maybe, maybe not. Who knows? I think we should go back to the B and H model and have what, sort of the, mini groups. The groups, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. then you're getting your guaranteed you get it, home get it, games. Get it all over by, you know, before the um, test series starts, so so that counties have got their full complement of of players. I mean, the B and H work work really well. Stop saying B and H, Gibbo. I'm quitting smoking at the moment, and it's you, you're, you're, <laughs> you're giving me pangs. The old group competition, right? 
leaving that alone uh, for the moment then. Oh, there was one more thing. Oh, have you all been enjoying the, uh, enjoying the uh, memes I've been sticking out on Twitter? Yes. <laughs> ben, have you not, are they not of sufficient quality and uh, thing to retweet from the official club account or... I'll leave, I'll, leave, I'll, I'll leave that question unanswered. Uh, right. The trouble is now, with all the likes for the memes, I'm going to struggle to find your questions in my Twitter notifications, but I will do my utmost to quickly There's find There's a good them. one from Kit Harris. A good one from Kit Harris. Oh, about Anya Shrubsoul. Yeah, yeah. Have you got that one right? You quickly read that out while I grab a gold out the fridge, Gibbo. Well, I haven't got it in front of me, but, but uh, Kit went, went through all of the achievements of Anya Shrubsoul, and she is retiring. And she's been up, you know, loads and loads of times for Somerset and England. And his question was, is there a, a stand or a building or something at the county ground that could be named after her? Because Kit suggests, by implication, that she deserves it. And uh, I wouldn't disagree with that. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with that as well. I mean, what's... Yeah, I mean, yeah, she, you know... She's a World Cup winner. She won England the World Cup, didn't she, in 2010? Yeah, she's been at Western Storm for a period. Um, left Somerset, didn't she, after a few years. She hasn't been a Somerset player for, for a few years. But yeah, absolutely. I, I, well, I, I, I was thinking one of the five bays of the Somerset stand, possibly. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot one of the two family stands. Yeah, there's a lot that uh, remains sort of uh, un, uh, unnamed, isn't there? There's one's the Ondarchi stand, and there's one the Ondarchi family stand. Yeah, I mean, I it's, mean, there's already the Ondarchi pavilion, so you can't. He's already yeah. So Christopher has got his pavilion and his two stands, so we can you know we could tip X that out. So yeah, we could potentially have the either or the, or both of the family stands. What about oh, the commentary cabin, Gibbo, or the rustic bus shelter? No, that's, that's going to—they're they're, they're earmarked for certain somebody else. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> well, the rustic bus shelter was probably down the tip at the moment, so. Uh... No, well, it's disintegrated. How is it? Didn't you hear about that? When, on that, what is it? I can't remember which storm it was, but it was one of the storms, um, and uh, it blew over for the third time, and and the third time it was unlucky because it disintegrated. <laughs> when it hit the, the, the um, stanchion behind it. So the rustic bus shelter is no more. Oh, dear. Yeah. Is it in pieces? It is. It oh, is. Well. I don't know what's, where it's gone. It's probably on the... the made a bonfire of it, I think. Well, Sp uh, Spencer could use it as a splint. I gather he's got a bit of a, a bad leg at the moment. He's twisted his ankle oh, and yeah. maybe fractured it or something. Uh, Not in a good way. For yeah. Is he gonna, how's he going to make it up the stairs we to the press box? Is there going to have to be some sort of... Uh... <laughs> well, we might... Uh, I mean, it's, um, yeah, he's not in a good way, Spence. Mm. For bloke, we, uh, we obviously wish him well. So, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'll drop him an email wishing him well. Right, I think I have found our first question. I may be wrong. There's like a tab on Twitter where you can change it to mentions, if that helps. Oh, you're a pro, Ben. No, it's just there were even more of the Andy U memes. Uh, 
Right, or oh, the Railway Walker. This is a good question. Andy Umid is out of contract at the end of the season. Is he another Eddie Byram? Well, they did both get hundreds on Sunday. Where he would flourish in a Division 2 side and the Waterdown One Day Cup. Or do you think he has a shot at being our opening championship batter? Has he improved enough? Well, we don't know. I mean, he obviously yeah. has improved. But we don't know what he's going to be like opening the batting against Kyle Abbott at the Aegeus Bowl on a damp morning mm-hmm. in early September. And the only way you're going to find out is by giving giving him the chance, and he's earned the chance. Yeah, I think he's earned the chance probably to open in at least the first two, if not all three yeah. of those games in September. Um, I guess the interest, you know, not to sort of not that I've got any sort of inside information on this front, but I guess with the contract situation, it could be quite interesting because another county could have been watching. Uh, Metro Bank and think, oh, hold on a minute. Here's a guy that doesn't play T20 cricket who potentially could. Um, here's a guy who hasn't been able to nail down a championship spot, but clearly might. Um, so, you know, who's to say that a county isn't going to come in and offer him a, a three year contract to play all formats? And, yeah, um, just yeah. say, our, like our neighbours just up the road, for example. So, Are you uh, suggesting a bidding war is. They could. Well. Be. An IPL-style auction for services. Well, yeah, that's a really good point. That hadn't crossed my mind at all. Though. Of course, we haven't got a God-given right that he's going to sign any contract that we, we put in front of him, have we? And, and yeah. that, that, is a, that is a pure... Um, you know, that is a, based on absolutely no input information. That's just me. No, but he's, he has put himself out there, hasn't he? You know? Yeah. yeah. You know, he's, yeah. He's, not, he's never going to pay a T20 for us. Probably. Well, um, he probably said that about Sean Dixon in April, and then he put his top score in the semi-final and the final. So you never know. You never know. Tom Abel never looked like a T20 player in sort of 2016, 2017, and he's developed his game to uh, to do it. So you know, who knows? Um, but could be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I. I uh, Mr. Railway, I'll, I'll I'll take you back to the point I made about once you got you know confidence breeding confidence, and I think you know going out he, you know, if he'd said before the start after three games, if he'd have put him up against Abbas and Abbott and Barker and and all that lot down at the Aegis Bowl, he wouldn't have had a shot. But now you know he's scored all these runs in the one day cut. The guy's flying, I think. Uh, yeah, give him a chance. Certainly, What's Hampshire. It? Ben, what's the news on Craig Overton? Do we know? No, not not too uh, not too sure. I mean, I was only hearing sort of a few bits on online about how he kind of limped off. Um, yeah, not 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 good. Um, I I, watch, I was watching it because I do watch the hundred when Somerset players are featuring in it, and he bowled he bowled really well. But about I don't know twenty minutes after he finished his spell. It obviously it tightened up and he went off and it looked like a hamstring, mm. which is you know it's not good. One the only thing I can say about Craig is that you know if he, if he, he only ever goes off if he's properly you know he's yeah. of a warrior when it comes to sort of bowling through pain and yeah. things like that. So I you know again I haven't seen it and I haven't I wouldn't. I well, let's know. hope that's just for Somerset and England. Let's hope he's just boxing a little bit clever and thinking. Oh, we got three big championship games in in September. <laughs> I'll just want—I don't know—who's he playing for? The the green ones, is he? Oh, 
Southern Brave. Southern Brave. Right? So yeah. Yeah, so let's hope Prego just being a little bit sneaky and, and wandering off with a precautionary uh, a precaution in mind to keep himself uh, or get himself fit for uh, uh, for September's championship running. Uh, John Hayes is Andy Mead, our player of the season, given his stellar performances in the One Day Cup, eclipsing not only his teammates but every opponent too. Context taken into account. Uh, I did reply to uh, John on Twitter about this before. I think James Rue and Matt Henry would probably have a few <laughs> a few claims to Player of the Year, but certainly in terms of unexpected performances and uh, and that sort of thing and things taking you by surprise, I think it's yeah, it's uh, performing um, what they call it, punching above your weight. I certainly think he's that breakthrough player of the year. Breakthrough, breakthrough player of the year. Yeah, have we got a golden apple for that? Well, we, we ought to have. That's, come, that's coming up in a few weeks, isn't it? Cool. Doesn't time fly? I'm gonna. This means I'm gonna have to listen to last year's golden apples to remember what the categories are before I send them all out again. But I, I would think Andy Mead is, uh, if you're a betting man, it would be a strong favourite for the One Day Cup Player of the Year. Um, oh, going back to things being named uh, named after. Uh, parts of the ground being named after people. Uh, Neil B says, "What part of the ground should be named after Andy Mead?" I think that's slightly tongue in cheek. And uh, any news on Lewis Gregory's contract situation? No. Poker face Warren, he's there again. Look at. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I'm sure. Uh... sure are very acquisitive. Hmm. Yeah, they Although developed they their own give out, honestly. They've quite a few already, haven't they? When have you ever heard of Nottinghamshire poaching a player from another county, Anthony? Come on. That's all they ever do. Stop being so ridiculous. <laughs> uh, Harry Hayden wants a and a with the CEO, Gordon Hollins. He's been very quiet of late. Um, I do know um had a bit of a car shunt at the weekend, um, but I gather everyone's all right. Um Q&A with the CEO. Well, to be fair, I play devil's advocate. Um, they are quite regular events, the Q&As with, with uh, Gordon and, and Peter and Sir Michael Barber, uh, the chairman. So, you know, it's... Uh, I guess no news is good news while you're in the middle of the season. There's you know plenty to be getting on with. And I'm, I'm, is there any more member Q&As uh, on the horizon, Ben? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, they're quite difficult to do during the one-day cut um, just because of the Finals of the day and have those members forum and that. Um, we have a members forum on the 20th, so day two of the Kent game, um, and that's also going to be made hybrid, so for people that aren't in the ground. That's the first one, isn't it? Uh, well, we had a, we've had a di- dedicated digital one, and now we're going to do a hybrid one. That's what the first hybrid one, yeah. Yeah, mm. uh, which basically means um, I've got to run all the live stream equipment over um, in the <laughs> In the ten minutes after we got off air to the county room, which I'm sure will be super fun. Um, but yeah, the, the, um, couldn't you uh, just get everybody up to the press box and say, "Look, this is going to be a hell of a lot easier for me. Just stand shoulder to shoulder. It might get a bit hot. I'll stick the aircon on. It might be a bit cramped, but you know, it's better for me." <laughs> Fair news. So that's twentieth uh, in the on the. Um, Second day of the Kent game, or if you would like to put your questions to Gordon Hollins in person after a few glasses of cider or indeed champagne, you can do so at the end of season dinner, which is happening on the, on the 5th of October 
in the county room at the Cooper Associates County Ground. Uh, tickets are available online. Just go to the website for that. So, yeah, I'll do promotion as well. You know, see. Very good. <laughs> Uh, uh, can I just can I just give a, a, a big up you know a, a thumbs up to Gordon Hollins? I think the way Somerset have, have presented the One Day Cup is a lesson to every other county in the country. You know, combining it with the Beer and Cider Festival with Family Day and and, and all the all of the rest of it, they really have made the, the very best of that opportunity and been rewarded with some tremendous crowds. You know, I, I, it's it's. When you compare, and Ben will know this, but you know, up at Wantage Road, there was, you know, it was about, I don't know, 1,200, 1,200 people we there. Have, there was no we have been lucky with the home games, though. They were Fridays and Sundays, so we, oh, we may have, not be I so lucky next year. Somerset have made the very best of a not very good job in terms of the, you know, the team that we were um, able to, to field. And it, there's been a great atmosphere. There and I, and I think you know spectators have, have really enjoyed it. Just a, it's just a pity that they don't get to see the first team, yeah. and that's what we've got to work towards for next year. They've got to see the first team playing 50 over. If we're going to have 50 over cricket, it's got to be contested by the best players in the country. <coughs> in fact, just to throw devil's advocate there, that was in April. Would you, would, is is that would that then mean a lot of these people that have been coming wouldn't? Well, um, well, possibly. I think it all depends on the weather. I think the weather's been. But it, you know, if the hundred is going to hundred or the hundred, whatever replaces the hundred is going to monopolise August. You know, that just takes August out out the equation, and we ju- we just got to work work around that, and make the best of of a bad job in terms of the fixture list. But nothing is worth trying to run a competition alongside the hundred when Somerset are missing nine of their their best players. It, you know, it's it's pointless and and. Devalues the whole thing. Mm. So that basically means if you're not going to run anything alongside the hundred, you're going to have to get rid of the hundred. No, you don't. Well, yes, quite. Well, they are talking yeah. about that. They're talking about you know some sort of blast hundred mm. combination. Uh, Somerset doesn't have a stake in the hundred at, at the moment. If we did have a stake in the hundred, I think attitudes in these parts or whatever replaces the hundred, you know, the 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 um, top level English franchise, whatever it looks like, you know. Did, did you see the interview with Josh Butler in the um, in the Times, saying he he wants the the English franchise competition to be second to the IPL? But he said he wasn't bothered whether it was the 100 or a T20 version of it. But he wanted to see you know, a, a English franchise competition that is second best in the world. And that, I think, is what the ECB will be working towards. Well, what, what is... How they're going to combine it with counties, I don't know. I mean, what is the premier short-form competition in England at the moment? You can't have two, can you? Well, the 100 is. Yeah, so why 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 is the blast going then? Do you know, do you know what I mean? It's like you you can only really have That's one. Why can't you? There's only about one hybrid. Yeah. Blast hybrid. Yeah. There's 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 got to be a, you know some sort of coming together between the between the blast and the hundred. Should we get Don Topley back on for another chat about this, and then we can record a seven-hour podcast like we did the other day. Yeah. Uh, we'll finish off with one from friend of the podcast, Andy Cleave. Then, um, apart from Andy, you mead, what were the other positives in the uh, One Day Cup? Thought both Thomas brothers showed promise. 
Ned Leonard, of course, we haven't spoken about old Ned Leonard uh, this week. Getting a run of games can only be good for his development after injuries held him back. I did notice Andrew Rad called him old Ned Leonard when, yeah, he, came yeah, out, when he came out to bat in the... Uh... Where, wherever <laughs> I have been, my co-commentators have said, oh, what a lovely name, Ned Leonard. That's, that's Somerset in a name. Old Ned Leonard. Of course, <laughs> he's not, Leonard. is he? He's uh, Edward Leonard from Middlesex. But I suppose since he came across... the. Uh, down the M4, he's uh, he's equated himself with a fine West Country name. Yeah. And then uh, just more ooh memes. Hashtag ooh memes. There we I go. Would, Have a look at those if you've got five minutes to spare. Or even create your own. Just Google meme generator and we'd gladly uh, uh, be glad to see your uh, Andy ooh memes. I'm I would sure. like to give a shout out to Sean Dixon. Um, you know, for his, yeah, lovely. Yeah. Kind of, um, you know, leading the troops, and and I hope that there'll be, a, you know, and I know this is quite a different scenario, but with Ben Green, you saw the captaincy really sort of help elevate his stature um, from last year's One Day Cup, and I hope that 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 will work with Sean. I hope now, having been captain, he really feels part of the Somerset County Free Club, and it'll help him. Mm-hmm score runs in the other format it's a little bit like how it with Ben Green in the other format so uh, I think he's done as, as good a job as humanly could be done I think he's been very open and honest with his interviews um, so I would say it, that do you not think do you not think the players have slightly missed Tom Abel's style of captaincy Sean Dixon is is much less interventionist than than Tom. I mean, Tom is rushing around all the time, clapping his hands, cheering them on, and is all he, of, Has he done much captaincy before, though, Dixon? I mean, no, it, no. It I mean, felt I, to me I, like I, he was always captain by default. I really like, I really, really like Sean Dixon. He's he's given some tremendous, you know, really, really good interviews. But I think somerset become so accustomed to the tom abel style of captaincy it was the same when um, josh davy captained them was at, at north Hans a couple of years ago and and josh davy isn't isn't sort of in your face type type of captain and they just didn't mm-hmm. perform for him at, at all and i don't know it's I, i'm he's a, he's such a nice man sean dix uh, that i've i hesitate to say a word against him but he could just do with being a bit more intervention, interventionist as as a captain, you know, a little bit, you know, fielding it a little bit closer in at sh- short extra cover or short short in wicket, and being at, at the fulcrum events of events in the way that that Tom Abel is, because you know that's become the Somerset style since Tom Abel took over the uh, over the captaincy, and it was it was most noticeable in in the play game. When there were no crowds, and you, and Somerset were far and away the noisiest side in in the country. You know, they, they never stopped out, out in the middle, and that was all led by by Tom Abel, and um, and I think I just think you know, some of them perhaps miss that um, that that upfront leadership mm. that, yeah, that Tom potentially. Provides. But mind you, I suppose half that side probably wouldn't have even met Tom Abel that much, <laughs> let alone played well, for a substantial period of time. So. He's, but he's he has sort of set the the Somerset stamp of, of captaincy, and uh, I don't know, but uh, but yeah, Sean Dixon. Yeah. I asked him whether <clears throat> I asked him yesterday whether Andy Andy Umi deserved his chance to open the innings, and he's in the county championship with the obvious subtext, possibly at your expense. <laughs> I didn't say that. 
And he said, yes, of course. You know, and that's, you know, that's the measure of the man. He's, he's a really, yeah, really nice He's man. a straight talker, Sean Dixon. He'll give him that, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever you say about the guy, he'll give you a straight answer to a straight question. Yeah. I just wish his shot selection was a little bit more... Oh, you judicious. wish everyone's shot selection was a bit more judicious, Anthony. Well, he gets he gets in, he gets twenty or thirty, and then he plays a really daft shot. Yeah. But I think I think if that would that would be great. You know, I think if you know the Ben Green model of of giving himself extra confidence, stature within the you know within the club. Yeah. And I hope that that, that happens for Sean as well. That he now feels like a senior member of the side. And he can take that into the other formats um, and, and really go out and be a senior member at Thomas that can't agree with for the next couple of years. Yeah. Well, I couldn't agree more with that. The only thing we do need to be wary about, they did speak about it a couple of years ago when all the guys came back from the 100, which would have been 20. After that were injured. 21. Well, not only that, they said it was a, it was a pretty awful atmosphere. As, well not awful atmosphere but it was a difficult adjustment for the guys who had been in the dressing room for the whole of August to then kind of integrate back in with the guys that were coming back from the 100 I'm trying to think what year that was was that the year where it was the it's only been two years of it before today. Yeah. 2021 I think. so that would be 20 <clears throat> was that when we had the funny group stage championship yeah, we lost all four. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, so we yeah we we qualified and we had, we had that shenanigans. Did we want to win or draw against Hampshire? And then we qualified first or second in our pool, and then we had a complete doomer in the September, didn't we? Yeah. Oh, it's all flooding back to me now. So yeah, yeah. so that's gonna that's gonna be another challenge as well is just to integrate those two sets of players back together. But they've had two years of doing it now, and a lot of other sides are in a similar position. So you know, it's what you got to do. Yeah, I think that, um, like you said, I think it, it is more a million now, isn't it? And I think they, I think it was all a bit new and a bit fresh and a bit all oh, this is weird um, in twenty twenty one, and now it's not just for the hundred, but it's also other competitions. You know, I think it's very common now in county championship changing rooms that people fly out, come back, do this, do that. Anthony neighbouring in Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. Like it is just a completely different thing where people come and go a lot more than people. Yeah, they do. Speaking of people coming and going, what what channel is this thing that Tree goes out playing in in America, where he's playing for? Who's he playing for? The New Jersey Tritons. Um, yeah. In Miami, in the World T. This is the World the World T Ten Masters, Gibbo. Your favourite format. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I only watched it because I had COVID. <laughs> <laughs> it, so, what Trigo a late replacement for Gautam Gambia? Is that right? Well, he phoned me up on the Friday before because he was due on commentary on Sunday, and he phoned me up and said, "Oh, Ben, I can't make Sunday. Um, I've been called up to play cricket in America." Yeah, I mean, he he, he opened the bowling. Um, for this team, he's bowling at Aaron Finch and Jack Callis. So uh, he's bowling to he's bowling to Jack Callis. Good. Right. Well, did he get yeah, like yeah. two for ten off his two overs or something like that yeah. in the first game? But there's highlights on if you type in US US T10 
Masters cricket, um, you'll find highlights of like I watched a like a ten minute highlights package that showed Trigo hitting his winning runs and yeah. Happy days. I'll do that as soon as I've finished uh, compiling this very podcast then. When's he back then? Is he, I presume he's back. I think this is one of these tournaments that's done and dusted in about five or six days where they play three or four games a day of this T10 stuff and then it's done. I've genuinely no idea. I mean, he's, um, I think it was. I think he's back within a week because I think he told me that he was. he played club cricket on Saturday then flew straight out and he's straight back in Friday to play club cricket again on the Saturday. Oh, busy man. Mm. Are you disappointed no, you didn't get the call to go out and commentate, Gibbo? No. Um... <laughs> you need to get the same agent as Trigo. You could be a package deal then. And appropriately, Anthony is frozen. Like a kaleidoscope at the moment. A what? Kaleidoscope. It's and who knows what pattern is going to emerge from it. All oh, right. So and I'm you... not sure. I'm not sure how how counties are going to be a part of it in the future. Fair dues. Right. Are we all done for tonight, gents? Any other business? Or should we not get on the ed? I think that's all good from my side. Good stuff. Right. We'll be back. Uh, oh, next Thursday, we'll have a look ahead to. Uh, resumptions of proper cricket in the county championship uh somerset take on hampshire thanks for listening and we'll catch up with you next time